There it is, a win for the ages. This is All American, a new series from Stitcher. You realize Tiger Woods doesn't know who he is. Best in the history of golf, no question in my mind. And this season, we're asking. What if the story of Tiger Woods that the media has been telling, what if it's been completely wrong? Season one of All American premieres August 20th. Subscribe or favorite now. Longest Shortest Time is brought to you by Invitae. Your genes can tell you if you're 12% French or 6% Italian. They can also tell you a lot about your future health. When you take an Invitae genetic test, they search for meaningful health information, like whether you're at an increased risk for inherited cancer or heart disease. Based on your results, you may be able to take steps to potentially lower that risk. Learn more by visiting Invitae.com. That's I-N-V-I-T-A-E dot com. One of my weirdest memories of being in the hospital after my daughter was born is of something that happened every night that I was there. So three nights in a row. Um, in, in the middle of the night when it was still dark, somebody would come in with a flashlight and ask to check inside my underpants. And it felt sort of like I was in a sci-fi movie and these were aliens coming in um, searching for the key to how to destroy humanity, which of course, could only be found in the contents of my underpants. I was talking about this with one of my mom friends, and she said, when you have a baby, what's in your underpants isn't your own anymore. And um, I would expand that to what's in your bra isn't your own anymore either. I think at this point, um, I've been breastfeeding for a year, and I can't even begin to count how many people have um, seen my nipples. There were the people at the hospital. There's all the moms in all the different mom groups I've been to. I'm, I'm sure there's random people from restaurants who um, caught a glimpse when I couldn't figure out how to get the blanket to stay up while also balancing a baby and getting her in the right position to eat. So anyway, um, I had just always thought that I would breastfeed my baby and... Um, the thing was that um, when Sasha was born, she had to be rushed to the NICU. They had to like pump her full of fluids. So she had formula before she ever had breast milk, which was great because it saved her life. But it also made things kind of rough with the breastfeeding in the beginning. And I wound up having to go back in for surgery a week after um, Sasha was born. And it made it so it was really almost impossible for me to like get into a good position to nurse Sasha. Um, and my midwife told me, you know, that it was okay if, if I wasn't capable of doing it or of like keeping up with the pumping, but I should know that, um, I was probably looking at having low supply down the road. And, um, it was just really hard to hear that because I, I wasn't capable of walking around with Sasha. Um, I wasn't capable of changing her diaper. So I felt like feeding her was the only thing I had and I and I just clung to it. So I called a lactation consultant to come to the house, this woman Marlene, and Marlene was like a really laid back lactation consultant. Um, her attitude was there's not just two options. There's not only breastfeeding or formula. Um, you can do a combination of a lot of things, you know, as long as your baby is thriving. And so what we did was I would start by nursing her and then I would pump. And while I was pumping, my husband would feed her a bottle of milk that I had previously pumped. Um, and then because she wouldn't have usually had enough after that, we would feed her a bottle of formula. 
And it was completely exhausting. You know, we were doing this entire cycle, like every two hours on the dot, even through the night for a while. So, you know, it, it was kind of crazy. Um, but the thing is, it worked. Um, I was able to build my supply up until I could just feed her from the breast. And and for me, because of my situation, I felt like I needed to do that just for my sanity. Um, but for a lot of families, sticking with one of those other combo methods is what's best for them. And today we're going to hear from somebody who did stick with one of those other methods and is totally, totally happy about it. This is the fifth episode of the Longest Shortest Time podcast. I'm Hillary Frank, um, and Hi is my first guest who came to me just as a listener. She um, sent me her story as a submission through the website, and um, I called her up on her son Iden's three-month birthday. She talked to me in her car after she had just dropped him off at daycare. And um, pretty quickly, we figured out that we had probably seen the same breastfeeding film in our classes back when we were pregnant. Well, it was from the 80s, first of all. Like, it was very dated. And, um, you know, after the mom delivered the baby, you know, it was like the the baby was placed on the mom's chest. And then the baby makes her way over and just yeah. starts sucking magically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, you know, part of it is, like, you know, other mammals, like, you know, cute little baby kittens can't see and they find their way to the mom's nipple. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't know, like it just, it struck me as believable. You know what I mean? Like that this right. nature. And, and so then what happened for you in reality? So I didn't came like four and a half weeks early. So his suck reflex wasn't like great. You know, I asked the nurse, like, what are we going to do about him feeding? So she sat me in a, you know, in a chair and she, put all these pillows around me and, you know, like, she held me in position I didn't like where he was supposed to be and, and he was starting to get, like, frantic and then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the nurse tried to put some formula on my nipple and then, like, and then I would, like, scream his head off even more. And then, and then did you keep trying? Yeah, and so then the lactation consultant came and, um, and then she was like, well, your nipples are inverted and his, like, suck is not very strong and, so then she said, well, you know, you're, you have to start with formula because it's, it's not working right now. And so, you know, wear these nipple shields. And so I, you know, wore them, like, diligently. And so then um, the uh, nurse was like, well, you should probably pump because you can, that will help you with your milk stimulation. Mm-hmm. So then she, she wheeled in the pump. And I don't even think she kind of told me what to do. She just said, well, here it is. And then... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then she, I think she left. Uh-huh. Then I got a third lactation consultant, and she said, oh, good, you have a breast pump. You need to pump eight times a day and at least for 15 minutes, and, you know, you have to, like, have him try to latch on, like, five times a day. And also get enough sleep. Right. It's just even just trying to rec- physically recover, you know. Like, I would take a nap, and I would, like, think, oh, I've, I've only gotten, you know, like, three pumps in today. Like, what am I doing? I'm like such a bad mom. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. just like this whirlwind of stress around like breastfeeding, you know? <laughs> yeah. There are so many opportunities right after you have a baby to feel like you're a bad mom. Um, yeah. and, and especially surrounding feeding. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, you know, I think it's just, there's like no one else to be in that position, but you. Like, I didn't only have one mom, and, and my job was to 
like feed him. And, and feed him with your body. Yeah, exactly. And then like to admit like your body's tired or, or that it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing like by nature's law or something. You know, it's like an overwhelming burden. I mean, it just felt like such a big weight. Yeah, yeah. It's like your body your body is like suddenly telling you you're not the mother you wanted to be or something. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, exactly. And then like I got home and um he was six days old now. And so um, you know, the pediatrician when she heard that I was pumping and she was like, So have you not tried to breastfeed? And I was like, Oh I mean of course I tried to breastfeed and you know, she was saying, You either have to like keep trying to breastfeed or just switch to formula because, uh, you know, pumping exclusively will only last you a couple of weeks because then your brain will catch up that it's not really a baby sucking on your nipple and, and your milk supply will, like, start shutting down. So um, the fourth lactation consultant, I had Moira. She was awesome. And is Moira a um, lactation consultant from the hospital or um, is she independent? Oh, she's a lactation consultant from the hospital, but they also do outpatient stuff. Okay. So we went to the um, Moira the office, and and it was, I mean, it was very calm, and like, and he fed really well, you know. And so um, when I got home, you know, I tried to like retreat, you know, like I dimmed the lights, and I sat in the chair, and I positioned my feet, and I had, I brought my best friend, and I tried to relax, and and it just like. You know, it, it just was frantic again, you know. So, like, all night I kind of tried to do, tried to breastfeed him again. And I felt really, like, I was like, maybe I'm not normal. Like, or maybe I'm, like, going through, like, some depression or something because there's not this, like, you know, innate oozing of, like, love. So I called Moira again the next day, and I was, like, and just bawling. I was like, it's not working. I don't know what to do. And so she said, what is it that you actually want to do? Because um, it's not that you can't do it, but it's just like, what is it that you want to do? So when I finally thought about it, and I was like, I, I want to give my baby breast milk, but I don't want to just breastfeed. Yeah. And so she said, well, then just pump. And then I, you know, told her about what the pediatrician said, and she got, like, really mad, and she was like, that, that's absolutely not true. You know, your milk supply won't most most likely won't, like, dry up, you know? Oh, and this is the other thing she said. She's like, spend the time enjoying your baby instead of stressing out about every feeding time. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should enjoy my baby. Up to that point, I hadn't really enjoyed him. You know, like, the next, like, the bottle that I gave him, like, after that conversation with Moira was, like, so... It was just, like, different and great. So, I mean, I can't, like, say it was, like, this, like, magical, like, mommy, you know, we locked eyes and we, like, all these hearts, like, went a flutter. But I just felt like I I can be a better mom for him. Yeah. Yeah. Where, like, you could see, you could see your, your future. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, like, seeing, like, noticing more, like, details of, about Iden. Like what? Just, you know, like, how he would, like, he would always, like, hook on my finger with, with his hand, like, or, like, he would just piddle paddle his feet. You know what I mean? Just, like, little things, details that I didn't didn't notice before because I was so consumed by this, like, 
responsibility to breastfeed, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was nice to, like, see him as, like, this, you know, like my son. Pi is still pumping exclusively and does not plan on attempting breastfeeding again. She is a social worker in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thanks for listening to the Longest Shortest Time podcast. I'm Hillary Frank. Tune in next time for a woman who was a vegetarian for two decades and decides that the answer to all her baby's problems is to eat meat. And if you've got a story about a struggle in early parenthood, you can be like, hi, you can be on this podcast. Go to longestshortesttime.com and click contact. I'm standing outside Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. Inside, there are like a trillion objects, and I have to go in there and find ten. So we open a drawer here, and there's Indiana Jones's jacket and Indiana Jones's whip. What is this? Prince donated this guitar. (gasps) I'm Asif Manvi, and I am lost at the Smithsonian. Where do I begin? This place is obviously full of fascinating stuff. Fonzie's jacket, worn by Henry Winkler on Happy Days. There are 156 million objects in the Smithsonian's collections. Here are Muppets. These aren't just objects. They're pieces of America's self-identity. I'm looking at a, a robe with the name Muhammad Ali. Only 10 episodes, only 10 objects. That's pretty amazing. Lost of the Smithsonian is out now. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.